This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values with your hosts, the Cotellis. I am Marco. And I'm Tony. And a good old happy morning to you. And a lovely Wednesday to you, husband. How goes it? It goes very well. How are you? I am doing great. I finally feel somewhat caught up on life. All right. <laughs> and by caught up on life, you mean you watch your favorite shows? No. <laughs> no, I mean like we finally like slept and relaxed and got ourselves kind of like caught up on everything. I mean, we've had a very busy past couple of weeks, huh? Well, I would say we're caught up because we repotted plants. So that's kind of the last thing to do. And we did it. So I think we're good. Well, I was talking about like just everything in general. Like we, we had the live show. We show did. Woo! And, clapping! And there was a lot going on with that and uh, a late night out for me and lots and lots and lots of wine. Oh my God. <laughs> so much wine. Yeah. And so, but that was so much fun. Again, thank you to everyone that was a part of that whole entire experience. That it was, was incredible. It was insane. And it was just absolutely magical. Mm-hmm. Could not have asked for a better scenario. Yeah, we loved it. And then... um then after that was Pride. Or yeah, was, interspersed. Pride. Yeah, so yeah. Pride was a busy week, too, and all of the craziness that was... I think that was actually before the live show. It sure was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, my weeks are all, like, bleeding together at uh-huh. this point. Um, yeah, so it was good. So I finally feel like we've, like, had the opportunity to, like, sleep in <laughs> and get ourselves caught up on sleep and have fun, and we've been playing some games online. Which is like really fun. Yes, we updated our wireless router and uh, have been able to play Nintendo Switch games online, which has been delightful. It has been a dream come true for me. (laughs) I've been wanting to do that for such a long time. I love. So one of the things that Tony and I love to do together is play like video games together with one another. We always have so much fun with like just experiencing that and strategizing with one another and having a good time laughing and, and just being together you know during this whole experience right um but we often play against computers and you know a computer is a computer so it like after a while just doesn't become fun anymore right because well, like, AI was never that advanced yeah so like i mean we've like essentially played all the computers that we possibly can play Numerous times. So I've been wanting to play games online because for me, I am super fascinated by the concept of playing like with another person that is sitting on their couch playing <laughs> against you too. Let's be honest. You're super fascinated at the prospect of pissing someone else off on their couch. I think it's really <laughs> funny. I think it's hysterical to like beat somebody and know that they're like on the other side of the world, like yelling or screaming and things like that. Like I just think it's so, so hysterical. <laughs> I don't know. It just gets me going. Um, so it's a fun thing. Well, so the nerd in me is, I'm sorry, the geek in me is very happy that you're into it i think it's fine i think it's just such a good time i don't know like i said there's just something about it that just makes me like giddy Mm -hmm. and happy so we finally oh i mean super long story short because we're not gonna bore you guys with all the details of that but we have not been able to do it for years Mm -hmm. and finally i called our internet provider and they were like it's not my fault you need to talk to the router people and then i called the router people and they're like Bitch, your router is way too old. <laughs> we ain't gonna help you. <laughs> or you could pay for us to to help you out. And we were like, let's just go get a new router. 
and I will be a monkey's uncle. I literally, we literally plugged that wireless router in and voila. It's like some Harry Potter magic, y'all. Yeah, it's crazy. So we've been <laughs> playing games and drinking wine, more and more wine and having a good time and playing games online. Mm-hmm. I think it's been a good time. So we've gotten an opportunity to connect and hang out with each other. Last weekend, we got some foot rubs together. Show did some really nice hour-long $25 foot rub. That's a deal, y'all. If you guys live in New York City and you want the end on a really good place to get your feet rubbed, holla at me (laughs) because we have the jewel of foot rubs. Um, So good. It's so good. It's so good. You fell asleep three times. Yeah, it was a good time. (laughs) I like to be comfortable and have somebody rubbing my feet for me. I loved it because there was biology on the TV and quietness all around me. It was delightful. And then we went and had gelato together. Show did. Did you enjoy your gelato? What flavor did you get again? Dark chocolate. Of course you did. (laughs) Mine was good. It tastes like a creamsicle because I got the orange and and then I got marshmallow Mm -hmm. on a a cone and that was delicious. I'm reminiscent of when Nikki was actually fun, and I'm thinking it should come it on a cone. It should come on a cone. I knew you were going to say that. But she's not anymore. No. So moving on. Nikki Minaj, since I know you're listening Stop to this it. podcast. Stop it. You um, are like definitely not uh, impressing us these days. Stop it. Stop it. These, leave, my, leave my ex-girl alone. Yeah, these gays ain't having it. <laughs> Anyways, what do you say we hop into our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week? A hip, a hop, a hip, hip to the hop. And it don't stop. Oh, that's definitely not the way it goes. It went close <laughs> enough. That's how white people quote it. Oh, my gosh. White people just need to stop. Probably going to throw raisins in your potato salad, too. <laughs> I hate Millions it. Of Millions ago. of years ago. Millions of years ago. All right. Um, so we're going to hop into our hashtag gay relationship goals. Um, as a reminder, every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple And we will highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. If you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, please reach out to us. Tag us on some of these adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at pod relationship. Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and yo boo on an episode of the podcast. Mm. So this week, Tony and I are highlighting a couple um, that I've gotten to know via IG over the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I love about Instagram is if you use the right hashtags, people end up finding, uh, your content and liking it and all this other stuff like that. And I'm actually a very active Instagrammer. Um, so if people like my content and stuff like that in any capacity, I, uh, always go back and like research them and see who they are and see why they liked it and see if I enjoy them and then decide whether or not I'm going to follow them back. Right. Mm. Or anything of that sort. Um, so on the relationship Instagram, I had actually made a few posts and this wonderful guy, um, his name is Eddie Pendergraft. I think I said that right. He um, started liking um, some of the posts on the relationship page. Ooh, la, la. So I ended up following him and you guys can follow him to his handle is fast 
Eddie, E-D-D-I-E underscore NYC. Um, and uh, so I started following him because I was like, oh, you know, like really, really nice. I like his content. He's got a great grid um, on his Instagram. So I thought it was really cool. Grid envy. Yeah. And then I started paying attention because he is a married man. Mm. And so I was like taking a look at some of his images. And then I noticed that he is married to a wonderful, a wonder, I don't know why I just said that, a wonderful man named Tony Mansker. Who is Will Wunderbar? Yes, see, I, that's what I was trying to say, but like failed miserably. Um, yeah, so he's married um, to Tony Mansker, and um, so I started doing, of course, all of my research, and I just love my research. You mean Google Ninja stalking? Yeah, Instagram <laughs> stalking. But no, I just started researching. So Eddie is actually um, a barber. He's a local barber here in the city. Oh. Um, he works at a really wonderful uh, barber shop um, that is on the Lower East Side. Um, and from what I've gathered, he may also be a dancer slash actor slash all... Yeah, he says actor, barber, artist. So I think he's like a, lot of slashes a in there. jack of all trades, which I really appreciate that. Um, and then I started doing a little bit more research and started looking at Tony. And from what I've gathered, Tony is a... Someone with a great name. <laughs> of course you would find that. Um, Duh, yeah. low-hanging fruit. Yeah, right? Fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fruit. Um, so no, and then I started doing a little bit more research and Tony is actually, from what I've gathered, he is a choreographer and dancer himself. So you can follow him on Instagram too. He is Tony Mansker. That's M-A-N-S-K-E-R. Um, but I love this couple. You know, what I really love about them is the longevity. Yeah. So eight years married, 13 years together. They have us beat. Um, They do. They do. And they look... So happy and so relatable and so accessible and lovely. And just cute, right? Mm-hmm. Like just like super cute. Like both of them look super talented, super in love. Um, I was reading one of um, Eddie's posts and he was saying that um, a compliment a colleague of his had given him about him and his husband is that they um, act like they're newlyweds. And I thought that that was so fantastic because after being together for 13 years, the way that you could still have, you know, the fact that it's possible to even have that, like, I don't know, that giddiness, that excitedness about being together with one another and loving each other and all that stuff is just something that is so aspirational, you know? Mm-hmm. I just think it's like super beautiful. And, um, and I really enjoy it. And so this is the reason why we picked them as our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week. So if you guys are interested in learning a little bit more about the guys and following them, again, you can follow um, Eddie on Instagram. He is fast Eddie, E-D-D-I-E underscore N-Y-C. Um, and that, like I said, is on Instagram. And then his hers been is Tony Mansker, and that is literally spelled out Tony, T-O-N-Y, Mansker, M-A-N-S-K-E-R. And again, that's on uh, Instagram. Definitely follow them and then tell them that the Cortelli sent you, huh? It's so cute. Why do I feel like we are about to take a break? Uh, (laughs) Because you're Miss Cleo or something. 
Oh, so I'm in jail and dead? Uh, yeah. Tax fraud. One of those things are real. Before we before we take our break, though, I just want to go back to when we were recapping all the amazing things that happened and say we forgot something, which is one Miss Gina Tonic. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was incredible. And if you guys have been following our Instagram page, you see that her tour in August is coming up very, very soon. So definitely make sure if you're in any of those cities that you... Um, Go see her because I think that it would be so much fun because she is so talented. And her birthday was last week. Happy belated. Happy belated birthday, Miss <laughs> Gina. Um, yeah, so we are going to take a short break. And when we get back, we are going to try to solve the world's problems, Critelli style. If you live in the New York City area and are looking for more relationship content, Please join us for our monthly group meeting where we will discuss relationship topics with like-minded couples and singles within the community. Go to meetup.com and search for relationship to join. That's shit with an exclamation point, not an I. Monthly meeting dates and various social activities will be posted on the page. This group will give you an opportunity to be a part of a larger dialogue focusing on important relationship topics and will help you to connect and have fun with others within our community. Again, go to meetup.com and search for relationship to join. We look forward to seeing you at our next meeting. And we are back. I love how much you sound like a radio show host when you say that. All I, right. I've said that before, but I just think it's so funny. It's like, like I said, it's just like smooth stylings. It's so funny to me. Do you want me to read The War of the Worlds? Um, no, thank you. Oh, all right. Because when I think of good radio, that's what I think of. I was going to say, wait, you could read? Oh. <laughs> and then I murdered Marco. <laughs> so this week, our topic is jealousy, the concept of ownership, and the comfort of trust. The boy is mine. The boy is mine. <laughs> the boy is mine. The boy is mine. That's not how the song goes. That is how the song goes. <laughs> you said it about me earlier. I'm just getting you back. No, that's exactly how the song goes. It's there's, not, there's a version of it where it's like, make I don't up. even think Go it's ahead. a remix, mm-hmm. yep. but I literally think it's the beginning mm-hmm. of it. If you listen to the mm-hmm. album, I know you are not trying me with no Brandy and Monica trivia, I'm, sir. I'm not. I'm just saying. I got this. Mm-hmm. So, um, jealousy. <laughs> so... This is a difficult topic for me because I am an extremely jealous person. Um, and for the people listening who know me, they're probably making a shocked face. But I am. I am. I am so jealous. I am so possessive. I, you know, I converted to Buddhism a long time ago and I wouldn't hurt a single living thing. But if someone hits on you or threatens you, I'm going to snap various parts of them. And that's just how it is. <laughs> I thought you got over all that. Uh, I didn't get over it. I just like controlled the murderous blind rage a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. So um, the last couple times someone has hit on you, I haven't hurt them, which is good. <laughs> that is what we like to call progress. <laughs> But the desire to do so was still there. Hmm. <laughs> See, I'm not a jealous person. You're not. You're absolutely not. No, I, I am very much. I would like to say that I'm territorial in the sense that I would like for it to be known 
what my role is. Like, do you, but I'm not a jealous person. Like I, there is nothing wrong. Like I understand it. Like you're an attractive man. People are going to be attracted to you. Um, So I understand that like a flirt is going to happen. What I don't appreciate is when you set a boundary um, or you make it known that you're not available and they disrespect that. That is the part that drives me crazy. That's when I will turn into an angry person. Um, I think about Jack Jack as the as the mean, angry villain, (laughs) angry monster person. We just saw the Incredibles too. So (laughs) that's where that came from. But, um, so you need your cookie or you're going to turn into an interdimensional red devil. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, so I think about that, but I'm not a jealous person. And I think part of what this topic is talking about is the comfort of trusting your partner, right? Trusting your partner so much that there's like this, this, sense of relief and knowing that you don't have to be jealous, right? You don't have to be, you know, insane or crazy or the person that is like trying to fight any and everybody because you trust me. I trust you. We don't have to worry about it. And that's coming from a person who has been cheated on numerous times, numerous times. And I trust you and I don't ever have to worry about it because I know that you will make it known right away that you're not available and that if they persist, you're definitely going to be like, all right, listen here, mofo. <laughs> this ain't happening. This ain't cute. You got to go away. It's true. But I want to I want to backtrack a little bit to the concept of ownership. So I don't own you. You don't own me. Um, in going back a couple of episodes, you're a whole person. I'm a whole person. You're capable of defending yourself laying boundaries, being your whole self. Um, and so I don't like, I don't need to come in and strong arm and say, this is my husband. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the concept of ownership is still something that is alive and kicking throughout our community for sure. Um, and that's this idea that, once you and I make an agreement that we're going steady, I get all kinds of um, proprietary rights to you um, and that there are lots of things you can no longer do that you were able to do before. Uh, but because we are together, um, you are now, I don't know, um, relieved of those <laughs> abilities. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Look, I think out of respect, of course, I can't be out there hoeing, right? Like, you can't, you can't be out there. I would like, hope you wouldn't have been out there hoeing out of self-respect <laughs> before me. I mean, all of us have hoed at some point in time. Uh, no slut shaming. I was going to say, I'm you hoed saying, yesterday. No. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> no, I just think that, uh, you know, you can't be out there. I can't be flirting. I can't be like putting out the vibe. Oh, my God. That was like literally a nod to one of my good friends, Katie, putting out the vibe. <laughs> um, you know, you can't be out there like making it appear as though you're single and available, right? Because that's disrespectful to our relationship, our marriage. I mean, but let's not even talk about the institution of marriage, right? Let's talk about being together with a person. We've made 
an understanding that we are going to be together with one another. That is what our agreement is, has been. So like going out there and flirting and being with other people, like I automatically have to not do that. Right. Because it's being disrespectful to you. Well, I remember the, the first time I felt like you violated that. Um, there was a phone call Mm -hmm. that I wasn't supposed to hear. I don't still don't know how I heard it, but you had made a call and, somehow dialed me when you thought you hung up and then you were talking to your friends in your car mm-hmm. and one of them asked you you were talking about some see this is this is the blind rage i remember every detail <laughs> you were talking about some bank account and the guy said something about like you were trying to resolve some bank issue and um your friend said did he sound cute and you said yes and then you all talked about that for a little bit Mm -hmm. and i remember you came home and i was like so (laughs) yeah and then we had a conversation about how that could be perceived as disrespectful yeah um and i think it was a growing moment for both of us um and i don't think that was ownership i think that was like decency basic respect whatever But I can see where the conversation could have gone a completely different way and into the realm of ownership. You're mine. You can't be talking to these people like that. I don't care what they sound like or look like when you meet them. And you shouldn't be talking to your friends. Like It could have gone a very different way. Well, I think the evolution of our relationship has uh, is significant in the sense that like, I remember there was a point in time in which I could not think that anybody else was attractive around you because you would get angry about it and get jealous and have a huge issue with it. But now after almost nine years together with one another and rings on our fingers and an entire fucking life together with one another, like we like, you know, if I think that somebody, if I say that somebody is cute, like, oh my God, there was this such and such person and and he was just absolutely adorable or he was really, really cute and things like that. Like, it doesn't bother you, not externally. It may bother you internally, but I know that you're not, like, before you would get fired up about it. Now you don't get fired up about it because you know and understand it. And, and I, you know, you and I have talked about this before and, and this, we differ. And so I completely understand, but I think that there's a such thing as being attracted to a person and finding someone attractive, right? I can find people attractive because there are attractive people in the world. Like it, it doesn't, I, I I would be stupid to think that I'm not going to walk to the train and say, oh my gosh, that's a very cute guy or a very pretty girl and things like that because attractive people exist in the world, right? But there's a difference between thinking that someone is attractive and being attracted to somebody. And and being attracted to somebody is where I would be crossing the line because then that means that I'm actually like actively looking to connect to that person and more than just a very superficial and or passing each other by kind of way. Right. And that is different. So if I go and see an attractive guy and I walk back and I try to talk to him and ask him for his number, see, that is being disrespectful. That's not doing what you're supposed to do. But if I walk by and say, Oh, he was cute. Or I like that outfit. Like that's completely like, in my opinion, normal. Like that's not like abnormal. Yeah, and and you're right. That doesn't bother me as much anymore. Um, but this is, uh, you know, one of those points where we disagree. I 
there are two men in the world. There are two men in the world for me. There is my husband and there's literally everyone else. Yeah, I mean, look, you are, and I've said this before, you are the man of my dreams. There is nobody out there. I literally have zero desire to be with anybody else. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to find people attractive. There are attractive people out there. There are people that have nice bodies because they work out. There are people that are just genetic freaks and have beautiful faces. Like there are be like there are just attractive people out there. But that doesn't mean that they're my husband, the mm-hmm. man that I married, the man that I want to be with for the rest of my life. That doesn't mean anything. Sometimes they're just a face or just a body. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, and again, as I, I I have no desire to be with anybody else. So that's why I don't necessarily have to, I personally don't worry too much about it, but I know that there are things that you, you know, still might kind of grind your gears behind it. No, I don't grind my gears. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me anymore. Like I said. Um, So where do you think that comes from though? Like the comp, like where does the comfort of knowing that you can trust me, where does that live? Um, it lives in the past. It lives in time. Um, it is, you know, we've both had lots of things happen that have made it difficult for us to be trusting and fully present in our relationships for a variety of reasons. And while you and I have actively worked on that in a lot of ways and we have built bridges and we have repaired, um, you know, damaged things, um, truly for me, it's time, like just enough time has gone by where, I, I mean, I'm just going to be frank enough time has gone by that bad shit didn't happen. Um, and that's what made it okay for me. Mm-hmm. And that really is the truth. I mean, lots of good things have happened and I can think of tons of fond memories that I have with you. And I'm actually getting a little emotional, just like remembering and feeling some things and they're all wonderful. And they definitely like added to that pot. But truly, it it was time. Hmm. Interesting. You? Um. I mean, a, a little bit of what you've said, um, but more so than anything, it's in your actions. Hmm. It's just in your actions when you say statements like, you know, there's two people in the world. There's my husband, and then there's everybody else. Like that makes me feel good. Because I know that you truly feel that way. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you truly feel that way. So you feeling that way gives me the confidence. Like it helps me understand. It also helps that I know that you are totally like oblivious to people hitting on you and being attracted to you. I am. I. You can finish that thought. But conversely, I'm also freaking crazy about you. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I know that um, because, hello, I'm a catch. Oh. Um, <laughs> Freezing. Um, no, but like you are, you're absolutely crazy about me. And I love that too. But I know that you're also oblivious to like other people being attracted to you. And I know that you, um, you also, you're also not comfortable with being um, focused on. No, not at all. You're not comfortable with not some a fan of it. Yeah, you don't like for people to like 
find you attractive or put some attention towards you and things like that. No, I'd rather be anonymous. Yeah. So those types of things just help make me. And yet here I am on a podcast. I know, right? (laughs) Again, this is what we like to call progress. (laughs) Um, Y'all can't see me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like this is, these are things that, um, these are things that like, again, uh, while small, actually amount to a lot for me because Mm. I know that those things exist in like a really, really secure place. Right. I know that you care a lot about me. I know that you have zero eyes for anybody else. I know that I mean the world to you. I know that you, um, can't even see people being attracted to you. Like those things happen. So like at the end of the day, it's like, why do I really have to worry about anything? Because, you just, it's just going to be a thing that happens to you. Mm-hmm. I know you don't have to worry about me. Do you know that you don't have to worry about me? Most of the time. What does that mean? It means most of the time. <laughs> Why? Most of the time I know that, but I mean, you know about me. I'm I'm a worrier. And when you don't respond or you're late or, you know, whatever, you're out of town, like, there are just places that my mind goes and I think it's natural and I think it's, I won't say it's healthy, but I think it's natural. And But you think that somebody is like that I'm running off, like being with somebody? That's I, where your mind goes? I So most of the time I just worry that you're safe and that you're going to come home to me. Like that's where I go. Okay. But sometimes I do, uh, fantasize isn't the right word, but like worry daydream i guess uh that the right circumstance has happened and you have fallen into a situation and um you're gonna come home and you're gonna tell me that something has happened related to our fidelity like i just think that sometimes it's not often it's not often but i would be lying if i said it never happened Hmm. i have dreams about it sometimes that's very interesting yeah i mean there's nothing that you've done that makes me think that like you don't make me worry or make me feel unsafe like it's not you it's just you know the history of relationships in my experience not just my own but those around me um you know commitment genuineness communication those things are rare and hard to come by and they should be cherished when you have them um but Things that are not them are very common. Yeah. I don't like it's I've said this before. It's so much effort sleeping with multiple people. (laughs) And I'm I, you know, I need to. Well, I'm glad that's all it is. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, I need to like focus. I, you know, it's I it's. It's a challenge sleeping with one person, for, you know, so trying to sleep with two different people, <laughs> not a challenge, but, you know, there's just a lot of uh, sleeping with one person is is good. Like, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm managing that. Like, that is fine. Sleeping with multiple people, not a thing. I couldn't do that. But beyond that, I don't have I like you're the only one that I want. You're the only one that I want. I was singing that song yeah. in my head. Um, I just, there's just, I, like, I just, I can't do that. I, but what do you think that trust is, though? What is trust? Well, Webster's would say, mm-hmm. um, trust. Hmm. 
I mean, how would you define trust, I should say? Trust for me is weighing risk and probability in a scale and understanding that there is a third measure um, which cannot necessarily be quantified or held but can be felt and has just as much weight um which is your relationship your respect your time your connectedness um trust is seeing all your fears in front of you naked bare realized um and accepting that something other than that can exist and knowing that that's what you have that's trust to me. It's hmm. a very in-depth conversation uh, definition. Yeah, it took up a couple pages on Webster. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, that was not what I was going to define it as. What would you define it as? Just security. Trust is security. Well, that's concise. Yeah, right. <laughs> trust is just security, though, right? Like, trust is just assuredness. Like, just knowing deep down. It, to the very pit of your being that you, you can count on another person to deliver whatever it is that you need, right? Whether it's, you know, trusting in a relationship, trusting that a project will get done and things, anything of that sort. Trust is just security. Just knowing that like I can send you out in the world and I don't have to worry about somebody stealing you away from me. Not stealing you away from me because you're not mine. You're not my property, right? Right. You're my husband, but you're not my property. But knowing that, you know, the temptation of somebody else doesn't necessarily exist for you. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think it's always so fun whenever we play the who is your celebrity crush game. You're always like, I don't have one. And I'm like, come on. This is a fantasy. Like... You can have like a person that you're you? like, he's super. I'm not a celebrity. You're yet. my crush, though. <laughs> you're my crush. Well, that's very sweet. I always, I, I was thinking about that when we started this conversation. Like, I hate that game because I just, because no one likes my answer. And that's fine, but that's I like my your answer. answer. That's my answer. Like, Wait, the me? Yeah, um, I don't, I don't have a celebrity crush. And then people break it up into genders. And I definitely don't understand that. But like, no, you're my crush. Like, if you could have anyone on the planet, who would it be? It would be my husband. Like, that's why you're my husband. No, I don't even think of it like that. I mean, I and that is very, very kind of you. Very, very sweet. Thank you very much. Um, but I don't even think of it. I just think of it like, oh, my gosh, you're like super like everything. Because I've told you, I think I said it on the last podcast or the one before that or something like that, where I said I've never even thought about people by way of like sleeping with them or like a sexual conquest that's just never been a thing for me mm-hmm. um the last podcast yeah so yeah. the live one yeah mm-hmm. I've, so that's just never been a thing for me it's always been you know does somebody stimulate me on another level and um so for me and uh st- Stimulation, mind stimulation, like spiritual stimulation and things like that doesn't happen in 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, it happens over a period of time. 
um, sometimes it can happen like super duper quickly, you know, and super duper quickly by way of like over drinks at a bar for one night, you know, like sometimes it could be that. Um, but like, usually it's like, we've known each other for an extended period of time and I've found your quirks to be endearing and that's where I find you. But like, that's me. I'm not the like, you're hot, I'm hot, let's bone. Like, that's just not me. Like, that's just not how it it works for me. So, um, that's why you don't ever have to worry about that happening. Like, I could never do that, but like, you can trust me there, right? So I'm not I'm not a jealous person because I know where you I know where your loyalty lies. Yeah, with my husband. Yeah. And I would hope that you would know that you don't have to worry about me. You know, I got a new doctor a few years ago and I really love him. And I remember um the first day we met and we were doing my physical and he asked about my status and my, you know, safety and, you know, my sexual life and everything like that. Um, very important things. You should be very honest with your doctor. Um, totally. You should. Um, you've done nothing to be ashamed of. Um, but unless he, you were doing all that hoeing that I was talking you about. You know what? Even then, you've got nothing to be ashamed of. Just be honest because there's probably a pill for it that will clear it right up. Totally. I was just <laughs> kidding, by the way. Just wanted to bring it full circle to the hoeing. <laughs> 360. Home. Yeah. Anyway, um, and, and, and he asked me, and I said, well, no, I, you know, I have one partner, and um, you know, not to do TMI, but like, we don't use condoms because we don't need to because it's just us. And he said, how do you know that? And I was shocked by his question. And I looked at him. I was like, what do you mean? How I, how do I know that? He's like, how do you know that your husband is faithful? I was like, with every fiber of my being. Like, mm. that it just is true. I have no doubt. What a silly question. You must have never met my husband or seen us together. Because there's, like, that's not a question. Like, right. Just like it's not a question for him that I'm faithful. Like just is um and that that's trust i literally trust you with my life yeah no it's so funny you mentioned that because literally that happened to me recently because remember i just had to go do my checkup a couple weeks ago my annual checkup and while i was doing my annual checkup uh the doctor who told you you were old by the way you tried it The doctor who is uh, a gay man, by the way, which I love. I love my gay doctor. I love my gay doctor. Um, Neither of us did that on purpose, by the nope, way. Nope, it did. I definitely had no idea. Homo MD. Um, I love it. <laughs> um, but he literally asked me, he said, you know, are you... Um, do He didn't ask me about condoms. He asked me about... Safe sex. Whether or not I was sexually active. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. And he was like with multiple people. And I was like, no, with just one. And I said, I'm married. And he said, oh, and you guys are the only ones sleeping together with one another. And I said, yes. And he said, and you're sure of that? Yeah, are you and I was sure? like, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, Dr. Dude. And he's like, I just have to ask. I didn't know if you guys had an open relationship or if you guys were, you know, 
doing all that. And I said, Monogamish. Yeah. And I said, and I appreciate you saying that and speaking very like openly about it, you know, gay man to gay man. Like that was like completely fine. I said, but no, like, you know, no, there's no like orgies or threesomes that take place in my bedroom. And again, no Not that there's shade. anything wrong with those. Yeah. No, no shade to any of that Go stuff. Go for it. Enjoy. Be yeah. safe. Be informed. Have all the fun, right? Yeah. Have all the orgies you want. Um, but I, you know, it, it was just very, very definitive. And he was like, and, and you're sure that it's the same on the other end. And I said, yes, I'm sure. But thank you so much for asking. <laughs> and I just, I like, kind of shut it down and he was like, oh, okay. Like, and just left it alone. But yeah, no, there's no, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know if I can put any specific, like, bow or scenario like to like map this like tie this down to like make it known why or how I trust you again because I will say that part of my trust also comes from the fact that I've been hurt so much by being cheated on so often or as many times as it had happened that I don't know that um, not that I don't care if it happens again, but there's kind of a numbness to it, if that makes sense. Where like I don't know if like it it would not that it would be par for the course, but it would just be like it happened. Okay, it happened. Like it doesn't define me. I'm not that person. But I think that has more to do with. So I think a lot of it has to do too with self confidence. Do you think that you're a, a confident human being, like in yourself? Confident? No. No. Comfortable. Willing to take risks. Happy. Yeah, I'm those things. Confident? No. But I mean, that just kind of not to stray too far from the conversation, but that just kind of is because of what I think about being a human in general. Like, no, I, I'm not, I'm not confident. Hmm. I'm confident in me. I am confident in who I am. I'm comfortable in who I am as well, mm -hmm. but I'm very confident in who I am. And I think that a lot of that has to do with it. Like cheating on me doesn't define me. It defines you. <laughs> do you sort of say, so if you cheated on me, you just kind of, defined who you are as a human being hmm. doesn't define who I am as a human being. I am me and I was me and I was me all along, but now you're a cheater. <laughs> like, and that's a new definition that you get to put on your being, um, your character. And that, and again, that's not, that doesn't mean that like, that's not me. So that's where a lot of the trust comes from because as much as I like, I'm secure and confident and, and feel um, feel okay with who you are as a human being and having you out in the world, you know, and, and, and all of those temptations that could get to you. I'm confident in who I am. I'm confident in who we are. I'm confident in what we have. Um, and I know that there is not anybody that's out there that could shake that up, to be completely honest with you. Like, I just don't, I just don't under, I just don't get it. You know, I, it, it takes me back to thinking about like the whole Beyonce, Jay-Z thing. You're going to laugh at this. But like, you know, everyone was like, how the fuck would Jay-Z 
cheat on Beyonce. Beyonce. She is Beyonce. And the fact of the matter is she literally could go out there and have any man that she wants to because she is Beyonce. Right? But, you know, like, and, and, and that's like a whole thing. Like, there's a confidence. There's there's this scenario that exists that is her as a human being. And so for, you know, she's comfortable and she's fine. She said, you know, whatever. That's like, fine. That's what you did. That defines you. Now everyone knows you're a cheater. Um, and that's fine. But like, I love you. And that's not going to change. And so we're going to work these things out. And and I think that's just kind of where I live. Just kind of my thing is like, I. You live in Beyonce? Correct. Um, no, I just know who I am. I, I know who I am. I know what I am. I know what I bring to this table. And, I, you know, this is not me being cocky or overly confident. But, like, I know that there's not another me out there. And so, you know, you could find people and you could find them attractive or interesting. But they're not me. <laughs> and I know that. And I'm okay with that. And if you're okay with somebody that's not me, then you weren't supposed to be with me. <laughs> like, and that's just that. Um, and 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 I feel okay with that. And again, that's not, that's me not trying to be like super cocky or um, full of myself because that's just not me either. That's not me. Um, but um, I don't know. That's just where it is. Again, I just, I trust you. I, I trust you whole, like with every fiber of my being. I love you. You're who I want to be with. And I don't have to worry about you being out there. Owen. <laughs> well, I love you too. Mm-hmm. And there you go, listeners. From the comfort of trust to the comfort of one's own skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it works. We're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to cover a little bit of um, what? What would gay TV be called? I don't know. We'll think about it and uh, let you know when we get back on the next segment. Hey, folks, it's your favorite host, Tony and Marco. We need a favor. Please stop what you're doing right this very moment and head to your podcast directory and rate and review relationship. We know, we know. It's a big ask, but we need your help in getting the word out about the podcast. And your reviews are the best way to make that happen. So, if you have two minutes, go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Then, write a review and tell everyone about how much you love our voices. Or how we're your favorite hosts. Or that this really important conversation is helping you along the way. Just a few ideas, in case you get writer's block. (laughs) Anyways, we appreciate your help and thank you for the support. Your participation will only make relationship better. We're going to get back to the show now, but we love all of you. Thanks. Thanks! And welcome back to Telehomo. <laughs> no. Trademark, copyright, relationship podcast 2018. It's a thing, y'all. Shablamo. <laughs> um, we're back. So we are, so what's exciting about this new segment is um, we just wanted to kind of talk about queer TV right now and just kind of all of the magic that is going on on television, all of the fun ways that we are getting to see queer culture by way of television shows and things like that. 
um, and kind of just give some insight on what we're witnessing and how it's making us feel in our jittles. Well, Marco's going to... In your jittles. <laughs> all right. That one kind of threw me off. Um, Marco's going to tell you all the good things that are happening, and I am going to switch gears and be pessimistic for once. For once? For once. Mm. Interesting. Um, Go on. No, so um, so one of the first things that we wanted to talk about, because I think we are living in the age of Pose. Yes. It is so good. I actually just got Tony addicted to Pose. And not that five episodes is binge watching, but I binge watch them. Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? It was amazing. And as soon as we're done recording, we're watching this week's episode. Yeah, I know. It's I'm just like, I'm plotting. It's like so good. Um. It's incredible. So if for any of you guys who Except for the acting. Do not <laughs> for any of There you, I said it. Oh my god. For any of you guys who do not know uh what Pose is, Pose uh was created by the amazing um executive director, executive producer, Ryan Murphy. Writer and director. Writer and the director, Ryan Murphy. Um, and, uh, it is about New York city, like late eighties, early nineties ballroom scene, mid eighties to late eighties ballroom scene. (laughs) Um, and about, uh, the trans culture and about how trans culture kind of defined ballrooms, uh, and, queer culture within itself and how like they like trans people are essentially the people that kind of uh i don't know got that whole thing moving forward and so it kind of follows the lives of amazing people transgender lady um electra abundance from the house of abundance (laughs) who is fabulous who is like so amazing except for her acting yeah she's not the best actress <laughs> i uh, she i mean she doesn't have to act if you ask me because she is giving me looks it's, it's incredible she does it she's fantastic it's worth watching you will get hooked you will love it it's incredible you will suspend your rating system for acting and you just have to and that is what it is it's fun and it's fine it's yeah, fine but it's let's be fair and honest you're gonna do that because of every line and how it's not delivered yeah it's very <laughs> oh it's delivered it's just delivered I'm on a return some other script yeah it's just really interesting um no but she's amazing so she's from the house of abundance and then her rival house from a child of hers former daughter former daughter mm-hmm. um which is the house of evangelista which is so good and that's blanca evangelista and her house of misfit children which is just amazing um and then you've got oh my god you've got one of the children in evangelista i mean there's just so much going on i don't want to give too much away but i don't either but we could devote a whole segment to pray tell I, there's Pray Tell, who's just insane. <laughs> Which is the best name ever, by There's the, the white New Jersey man that loves him a little trans girls. Mm. Like, there's just so much going on. So tell me, like, so you came in, like, after the fact. What uh, what are you feeling? What's going on in your head? How Like, how has Pose changed your life? I mean, I'm blown away by how quickly they pulled me into their world and how I'm pretty sure it's still somewhere between 1984 and 
um, because that's just how effective they are. A lot of it has to do with the costume designing. Uh, that is it. But there's also the tone and the realness um, that goes with the content and how pervasive the AIDS crisis is mm. um, and how it is a death sentence and how um, how it affects your ability to interact with everyone in your community. Isn't it interesting that they call it a pneumonia all the time? You just have a pneumonia. Yeah. Well, what was it called before? GRT? Yeah. No, G- GRI? Wow, why don't I know that? Yeah, mm. gay-related illness. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're past that, and it's it's actually called HIV and AIDS um, at this point. But it's um, th- there's that. That pulls you into the time. Yes, the costuming is definitely a part of it, but there's more to it than that. It's it's in every scene. It's in the architecture. It's in the um, uh, cityscape in the background. Like, as a person who lives in New York, like, looking at that cityscape, I'm like, oh, they did a good job of, like, capturing the 80s and keeping out the modern era. Sure. Um, but it's even in everything. It's in the attitude, right? It's, like, in their, mm-hmm. like, New York attitude. The music. The music, all of it. Oh, my God. And they play, like, music that is so relevant to those times don't they it just makes it so good all of it is just amazing it's really good and it's a wonderful drama and you know as a person who really likes um character design character growth character conflict like i really appreciate those things there are several characters where i am hooked on what's going on with them yeah, and I like, that's like the highest compliment wait. I can well, give. Well, one of the things that I love most about a television show at this point in time is when you are looking forward to next week, right? When mm-hmm. you can't wait to see how things turn out. And I find myself dying for Sunday night because I'm like, I know it's pose night. It's pose night. I know it's pose night. Like, this is like it poses on right now. And it's so good. And it's, I just, it's so incredible. So, you know, we talk about all of that, but then let's talk about the whole transgender plot, right? Like, and how it's literally based on all of the gals from the ballroom scene, right? Well, and how between the um, actors and actresses, if that's even, do we even say that anymore? Is it just actors again? I don't know. I don't know, but all the performers, let's Mm -hmm. just put it that way. Um, all the people who perform, but also like set costume design story, like the vast majority. What is it? Something like crazy over 80 percent of the people involved in the show are trans. Yeah, it's so funny. Wonderful. And I was literally so I had the pleasure of actually meeting one of the costume designers from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and for one, like she's fucking fantastic and just beyond fabulous. Um, But she and I were having a conversation and she was saying that one of the most amazing parts about the show is that you actually forget that there are other people that are actually A-list celebrities that are acting in the show because you're more caught up in the other people. I mean, right. Like James Vanderbeek is in the show. Right. Like Dawson himself is in the show. Like and plays a real a-hole. And he's crazy. Evan Peters is in the show as well, um, which, again, pretty much an A-list. You know, I won't say A-list. I'll say, like, B-list, B-minus. B-plus. Yeah. He's <laughs> in there, um, which is insane. Kate Mara is in there, who is, like, incredible as well. Like, there are a lot of, like, really great actors. But you don't watch it for them actors. at all. 
But like you forget. Yeah. Like you completely forget. They literally because... exist to play off of the other characters. Sure. And I and I feel so badly for saying this because it, it I don't mean any harm by this, but these literally no name actors are literally stealing the show, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So MJ Rodriguez, who plays Blanca, is like Fan fucking tastic. Mm-hmm. Like she is like everything. And then Dominique Jackson, who plays Electra Abundance, and then Billy Porter, who is magic. And Billy Porter actually is something and someone within the acting community. Um, but he is insanely talented. And he plays Pray Tell, which is probably my favorite character in the He's entire definitely show. my favorite character, and you will recognize him and he is known. Yeah, and India Moore, who I'm obsessed with right now, right now. That's who plays Angel, um, and I think that oh. she is so beautiful. She is. I even started following her on Instagram. She's I'm sure like you did. so magical. Um, but I just, I'm like obsessed with. But even all the of other it. supporting actors and actresses, like they're just incredible. Like it's, it is so good. It you will lose yourself and be drawn in, and you will probably feel every emotion you possibly could watching this show. Sure. And what I think is so the absolutely 100%. And what I think is is so interesting about um it right now is that it hits on a lot of transgender topics and issues that uh really need a little bit of attention. So like the most recent episode was all about passing, right? And in in transgender world it is uh, and look i am not uh, an expert in um in all things transgender i'm gonna let you know that right now um but there is like a certain phrase or word that is used for people who are able to um transgender people who are able to identify and from like an appearance wise more with the gender that they relate to or that they embody right are or that they are that they are and so um it, it's called passing so you know having like you feel as you're a, you're a female right on the inside but it just so happens that you're a male on the outside so being able to grow your hair out and look as though you're a, like a, a dictionary definition of a female for or like what society would deem a female is called passing right like you you're making pass so the whole convers the whole episode was about removing of genitals so that you can like pass more as a female and like do those things and and you know wearing the right clothes and being able to have the right body parts and the long legs and the thickness and all of those things the curves the hips all of those things that like identify with being a woman and whether or not you pass um, and I thought that that was so interesting. Um, they also hit on like the family aspect of being transgender, right? And how your family doesn't uh, necessarily approve of it and how to go about doing that and, and like dealing with that. Um, to Tony's point, they talked about the AIDS crisis and how that worked because we talked about um, how during a lot of uh, the 90s and the 80s and things like that, transgender people were having to uh, engage in what was defined as safety sex. Um, And that was, is that what it's called? Wait, why am I missing the word? Is that what it's called? 
I don't know. Sex sex that you end up having to do um, by way of like survival sex. I don't know why I said safety. I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know why I said safety, but survival sex. Like, so having to like, you know, engage in sex or end up being sex and doing sex work in an effort to, um, to survive, you know, like being able to have food or clothes or a, a place to sleep that wasn't outside. Right. Um, and like all of that stuff like that, which was very, very interesting. So they talked about the AIDS epidemic and how, of course, all of this anonymous sex and the sex work and stuff like that was leading to a lot of these things happening. There's even an episode that's talking about um, the transgender movement trying to like be accepted in gay clubs. Well, and that's that's what I was going to say is that I think that's the important piece that of history that a lot of people will likely miss is, you know, we take lgbtqia plus um and we just accept it as um you know our community but for the longest time the totem pole ended with being trans and you were not part of our community and you could not drink in our bars and you could not go where we went and we were awful to trans people gay people were awful to trans people just horrible um, and they weren't gay. They were some other other. Um, and there is talk about that. And there is talk about that struggle. And I think it's important that that is brought to the forefront as well. Um, because that segregation, that that almost sense that we could lift ourselves up in the eyes of the mainstream by putting them down. Mm. Um, and, you know, just how horrible that is. Um you know, I, I like that. It's like when it's like when we talk about um, black Muslim people owning slaves um, and those slaves being African and how it's this part of culture that we just don't talk about. And it's like, no, you need to talk about that. You need to bring that to the forefront. And this show does such a great job of it. And even though we're, you know, only partway into season one, I feel like this struggle, um, and in particular what um, Blanca is doing uh, with, you know, essentially a one-woman sit-in, I think that's going to continue to be a theme, and I think you're going to see more come from it. But I love that it is already an ongoing um, scene that just keeps occurring over and over. Right. You know, it's funny is to kind of talk about more relevant and um, recent news, not relevant, but just more recent news, but about during London Pride, I think I told you about the story during London Pride, there were a group of lesbians that were protesting um, transgender women saying that transgender women are essentially taking away the queerness of lesbians, uh, you know, and things like that. And so they were trying to protest the pride parade in London based on it. But again, here it is like 2018. And now we have lesbians that are trying to make transgender women, not a part of the conversation. And it's just so weird as if transgender women didn't, stick up for and shoulder all of the concerns and, and worries and, and issues for the queer community in the very beginning. Transgender people and drag queens were the ones that were front and center during the stone Stonewall riots, right? Yeah, I mean, in this age and in this country, it's, yes, you look at the pictures and you look who's in the pictures and you just can't deny your roots in your connectedness Mm. and you shouldn't yeah it's just crazy um one of the other topics that i really love about this show too and then um we'll start talking about the next one but 
um, the very first episode talks about uh, the struggles of um, being found out by your parents mm. and getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. And what that whole and about thing abuse is. in the home. Yeah. When you're gay and your family doesn't. Yeah. 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 And it's crazy. So I just, it's so real. It's so real. It's so amazing. It's incredible. And, you know, the critique I always have about gay film, cinema shows, whatever, um, is that it's always depressing. Mm. It's always my uh, big thing. Like, yes, it's hard. And yes, a lot of bad stuff has happened. But let's focus on the positive, even if it's just for a little bit. Like, we control our own cinema, at least. Let's make that positive. Um, And we almost never do um, in gay film. Um, and this definitely hits on lots of hard topics, but I would say the vast majority of the scenes and the episodes are an uplifting, positive thing. Well, they're real, right? They're they're not like hammering down, depressing. They're, these are real things, and then this is how these people have managed to create their own community to not be defined by this really hard and thing. And to gather right? strength, yeah. And to gather strength collectively yeah and i think that that is the the best part about it it's not this like woe is me sadness like i'm all alone situation like i think a lot of i'm just going to be frank and say heterosexual people end up portraying in gay cinema right they create a gay character and the gay character is just this tragic human being right this is a gay man who is working alongside other transgender people janet mock is like a consultant on the on the show um and just directed the last episode actually but like they have like a lot of insight and so they're taking these tragic scenarios and just showing how the gay community and i say that like that because it is supposed to be a community the queer community is managing to find a way to band together right and and help each other survive and exist and i think it's just absolutely beautiful it is beautiful i love it so this uh this segment became all about pose which is wonderful and totally fine uh, but quickly, before we um, uh, go into our break, I just want to say, so my um, my pessimistic side, um, so we have um, this show, we have Sense8, we have, uh, you know, what would look like uh, a lot of great forefrontedness um, for queer uh, cinema. Um, but for those of you who don't know, GLAAD does a report every year, um, and they look at a number of um, indicators um, and it's uh, the where we are on uh, reports. So where we are on TV, where we are in the movies, you know, that sort of thing. And um, something to uh, note, I think, that is worthwhile. Both cinema and TV, our numbers have gone down drastically. Um, you know, uh, in TV, uh, for example, um, we're less than 6.5% of all characters on television. That's so interesting to me. Yeah, it is. And this is, I think, uh, about PR. This is, I think, about uh, portrayal is we'll give you a crumb and you'll make it into a meal. But it is still a crumb. So this show, lots of other shows, The Return of Will and Grace, like these are all great things, but 6.5, less than 6.5%. I just think that's so interesting, especially since I personally, and again, I'm not like necessarily the judge and jury behind all of this, but, um, you know, we have things like, uh, 
Brooklyn Nine-Nine, one of its main characters, is bisexual, came out as bisexual on the show, uh, her character did. Um, you know, we have 13 Reasons Why that has, like, a lead gay character. We have Sense8, which was beyond gay. It was just all gay. The whole show was gay. Even the straight people were gay. <laughs> Like, it was just all really, really, really queer. So gay that one of the directors was a transgender woman, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, we have all these people. You know, we have Grey's Anatomy that now has a transgender character on it. But then it was also had lesbians for a very, very long time, right? All of them were lesbian. Like, there's so many lesbians <laughs> that came in and out of that show, Right. There are other shows. What was the other show that you were um, talking about earlier? I don't know. I can't even think about it right now. But there was another show that you were talking about that had gay characters or gay themes. Don't know? Don't remember? No. Okay. Um, But yeah, there were, I I don't know. I just, you feel, I feel RuPaul's Drag Race is what we were talking about, which is like an Emmy Award winning gay show, right? Team Aquaria, by the way. Um (laughs) But kind of Team Cameron as well. But anyways, they like they I don't know, like I I feel like there's so much more presence, but it's so interesting to hear that we're actually down. Why do you think that is? You know, I don't know. I really don't. I don't know. Um, I I don't know. Everything would be speculation and I don't like to speculate. Mm. I don't know. I just, you know, in a rare show of opposite colors i wanted to be pessimistic Mm. and i wanted to point out that we are down and we have been down i think it's three years in the running now wow um and but i want to know what up looked like at what point in time were we considered up in television you know it that's a good point and it and it does depend on your measures the methodology the the quality measure uh for glad is percentage of characters and their um uh, orientation um, and you know that may not be the best indicator like what if instead of the N being the number of characters what if the N was the number of shows that have over X number of viewers and then how many of those shows have gay characters what does that look like yeah and I think that that's very interesting too because that is an argument that I've always said before too like I I love the gay presence but I don't like gay presence if you have it being played by straight people right like where there are enough queer people out there now look I'm I'm not going to look a gift house a gift horse in the mouth is that what the saying is or something like that I don't know that is a saying I need you to finish what your point is before I can tell you if that's these things i'm not going to be um i don't not thankful for what we do have by way of representation right because a gay person a gay character still is a feather in our cap right however i will say that there are this is like niall demarco's um argument about um uh, deaf people and their presence on tv like if they get a deaf person to be on a television show they get a person that can hear that plays a deaf person why not just hire a deaf actor Mm. like there are deaf actors out there there are more than enough gay characters or gay actors and actresses that are out there queer 
you know, actors and actresses that are out there that you can hire to play queer people. Like, I love Jessica Capshaw that played Arizona Robbins on Grey's Anatomy, but she is a heterosexual woman with a husband and children and no shade towards her because I think that what Arizona Robbins did for primetime television and a gay character is like leaps and bounds. It's like insanely exciting because before I would say before the Arizona Cali plot, who else did we have? Right. Because Will and Grace had been gone for a decade. Like, do you see what I'm saying? So before they were on TV, we didn't really have that. So I will appreciate what they did do, but I will say that like, you know, why couldn't that be played by another lesbian actress? Like, why could that not have been done with that person? Like, I just feel like they exist and it's just not fair that we're not giving them chances. So maybe that's where glad is going with all of it. Like, yeah, we have the representation, but there's still, you know, gay actors and things like that that are out there that are not getting any roles. And I can understand that. Totally no, understand the, that. The, the statistic is just gay characters. It doesn't matter what the orientation of the actor is. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, maybe I'm just being too picky behind it, but I would like for it to be represented. That's why I do love Pose the way that I do, because I'm like, ah, thank it's God authentic. they finally got an all transgender cast to play transgender people in a really important kind of way. Like they didn't get Famka. What is her name? Famka blah, 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 to play a transgender person because, like, she's playing transgender people all the time. Scarlett Johansson just got cast in a role for, like, a, like a new film where she's supposed to be playing a transgender woman at some point in time. Like, you know, they get Gina Davis whenever they want, like, a transgender woman with a deep voice and a very, very tall and, you know, broad shoulders and stuff like that. Like, can we just actually get the people without having to get the heterosexual versions of them like it would be really really nice for that representation i think this show uh starts us down that path yeah so all right well let's take a short break and then when we come back we've got some listener situations for that ass hey everyone We cannot thank you enough for taking the time to listen to our podcast and for allowing us to be a part of your Wednesdays. If you love relationship, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship for even more relationship content and information. And if you have any relationship questions or topics that you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your questions on air and do our very best to share our thoughts and offer guidance based on our very own experiences. Please don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. And if you're a fan of the show, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and give us a great review. Your support is much appreciated, and from the bottom of both of our hearts, we want to thank you. Now, let's get back to the show. Oh, Tay. 
<laughs> now it's time for our listener situations. That's right. Send your relationship questions or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our best to give some guidance. So hold on to your yellow teeth. Oh, jeez. Wow. All right. So here's our first one. Hi, Cretellis. My name is Chad, and I am 17 years old. Barely legal to be listening to the show, Chad. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) I'm a senior in high school, and I live on the West Coast. I'm writing to you because I think I could be gay, but I'm not sure. I've had girlfriends before, and I'm not a virgin. But there's a gay guy that goes to my school, and I think I like him. I have some classes with him and run into him a lot during the day. Every time I see him, I can't stop looking at him. He is funny and dressed well, and he's always been really nice to me. I've never felt attracted to any other guys before, but for some reason I'm attracted to him. What should I do about this? I don't want to embarrass myself if he doesn't like me. And what if I hook up with him and realize I don't want to be with guys and that I'm not gay? I don't want my friends to think I'm weird because I hooked up with a guy but don't want to do it again and date girls in the future. And if I do like it and have to come out, are relationships with two guys different than with a guy and a girl? If yes, how so? Uh, I told my cousin about how I feel because she's a lesbian, and she told me to listen to your podcast. I like that you guys make it all look easy. (laughs) (laughs) Do we now? Uh, You are 17, aren't you? (laughs) If I am gay, I hope I can have what you have. How can I get that? Sorry about the long email. I hope you guys answer my questions. Thanks for your help. Signed, me. Well, that was the cutest email I think I've ever received. It's a very cute one. So, um, you know, being curious is a natural part of growth and growing up. And there's nothing wrong with um, trying some things out. Uh, You know, these days, now I sound old. These days, things are very different um, and they're very unique. You can have very frank, um, healthy, upfront conversations with a potential partner. uh, And regardless of what their uh, gender is, you can uh, walk away unscathed, right? So, you know, go back, studies show human sexual behavior. We've all been trying shit out since forever. Um, and same sex has been around for hundreds or thousands, depending on, you know, which school you belong to of years. So don't let that worry you. Um, you can talk to someone and say, I've never been into guys before, but I kind of like you. And you can just end the sentence there and see what happens. And that's the beauty of this age is stuff could happen and it could all be good. And even rejection is a little bit lighter now than it used to be. Um, And so he may say, you know, you're just not my kind of guy. He may say, all right, I'll give it a whirl. He may say, I can't date you because I'm really into you too. And I only want to date guys that I know are into guys. Like you just never know. But the, the important thing is have an experience. Don't worry about what it means or doesn't mean if you haven't done it. Let it happen let it be organic let it grow however it's going to grow and just take it sort of one step at a time like you don't have to have a definition you don't have to uh consider your past when you're looking at your present like just be and be okay with being 17 and be okay with trying something that you know you think you might be interested in 
Maybe it goes somewhere. Maybe it doesn't. Who cares? Just try it. Hmm. I think I think that's great advice. I think that we are in this very interesting uh, time of age um, in which uh, life is a little bit easier for the youngins than it was for us, right? Mm-hmm. It, and it's going to be, and uh, I don't know, it's just beautiful. It's incredible. I really enjoy that about it. Um, my advice to you is that you are young. <laughs> You're very, very young. And realistically, I don't think any of that stuff has to be defined right now. And I would stop worrying about it. Um, If it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen whether you um, approach him or, you know, try to be a little bit more assertive on the situation or not. It's if it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. I would also say wait till you're done with high school before you kind of venture into any of that stuff. And that's not for some sort of like puritanical like belief that you need to be like over 18 to have all these experiences, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you're already not a virgin, so you've had these experiences before, but I feel like you could afford to slow down just a teeny bit and um, wait till you're a little bit more mature and able to handle um, your emotions in a more mature way and, and actually figure out and understand what you have going on and what is happening to you um, to be able to get it. This could just be hormones, right? Your hormones are raging and it's directed at, it, you know all over the place and it locked targets with this particular guy and there's something about him that you're attracted to. You could be really attracted to him too. That is also a thing. Um, or it could all be nothing, right? It could all just be something that you're thinking about. Maybe you're bisexual or pansexual, or maybe you don't have to figure it out now. <laughs> maybe you can give yourself a little bit of time, um, worry about your math test on Friday, and <laughs> and then you can actually finish school and like and have those like more adult experiences and other things that take place um, that will get you, um, I don't know, I think a little bit more life experiences will give you the opportunity to actually be able to suss out what is happening, right? Because then you'll actually know for sure and you won't go into things questioning. And then the person that you may lose your gay virginity to will be more of a partner in it and less of an experiment, And that would be a lot healthier for both of you guys, because what we always forget is that the person on the other end is also involved in this situation as well. So while you may be trying to figure things out for yourself, he may actually know himself and really fall for you or really like you. And there's potential in you not liking him back. And that will crush him because he put himself out there behind it. And you are trying to, I don't know, figure things out with him. And it's just not very fair for him. So I would just... I would, you know, I feel like you're in third gear right now. I would kick it back to neutral and, um, and you know, just kind of figure out what's going on. Um, regarding your other complimentary uh, statements, um, we don't really have it figured out. This is all a clever ruse. Um, <laughs> we are just living our lives and trying to figure life out every day. Um And so one of these days when you are in your mid 
30s. You will figure it out yourself. Um, and you will have the ability to do it. But you're young. You're really young right now. And you have the ability to, um, I don't know, grab life by the balls and hopefully play with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just have fun and um, understand that. And the only thing that I can say, the only advice that I can give you about finding love and receiving love and things like that is just be authentically you. Yeah. Um, just be authentically you. And you may not know who that is right now. The beauty of it is you don't have to figure it out yet. Um, but you very, very soon will figure out exactly who you are and stay true to that person. Love that person. Be that person. Embrace that person. Um, and whoever is supposed to love that person will come into your life. And um, it is going to be a magical, very, very powerful love and connection um, because it was supposed to be. There you go. All right. Our next email. Um, hello, Critellis. Hello, listener. Hola. <laughs> I love your podcast. My friend turned me on to it a couple of months ago, and I have listened to it every week while driving to work. Yay! I feel like we have so many great supporters that are like, go listen to this podcast. It's really, really great. And to those people, I would say, thank you. I thank you very much. I like it. Um, I'm all cut up and have actually gone back and listened to them all a second time. Whoa. Oh, well, I like our podcast numbers. All right. My situation is this. I just broke up with my boyfriend two months ago. I'm sorry. Um, we were together for four years. I'm more sorry. And we're living together. Okay, that's the most sorry I can be. Um, we have separated our stuff and he moved out. It has only been two months, but I know that I am over him and that our differences were irreconcilable. Um, okay. He didn't do anything awful and neither did I. We just didn't work for the long term and the ending has become amicable. Although it definitely didn't start out that way. Yeah, I hear Sounds you. like a typical breakup. All right. Even though it's only been a couple of months, I feel like I want to start dating again. I live in Philadelphia. We aren't short on gays here, so that's not a problem. <laughs> and then there's a little smiley face. Are you tall on gays, though? <laughs> ha ha. Um, I'm just wondering if it's too soon for me to start dating again. I just want to have fun and don't think that I want to get serious with anyone for a while. How long should the mourning period be before I put myself back out there once more? Again, love the show. If I hear you reading this email while I'm driving, I'll try not to crash my car. Oh. <laughs> Cute. Uh, but that would be so cool, being on the show, not crashing my car. <laughs> <laughs> Signed, Mark. Oh, Mark. Oh, Mark. Oh, <laughs> You're adorable. Mark. You're adorable. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. I would give you, you know, what's interesting, I think, about this is, it really relates to the previous question. And what's funny is um, the previous question was someone who is new to everything and yours is about being not so new to it and after something. But I think the advice still holds true. Um, it, it, none of that really is the thing. The thing is, what do you want to do? What do you want to try? What does it mean to you? Um you know, if you want to go for this and see what it's like and go out there and date and, and do, you know, whatever, then do that. And just be honest with anyone that you meet that expresses, you know, an interest in you beyond, you know, just bumping purses. Um, and like, 
just say like this is where I'm at this is what I'm doing and feeling and if you can jive with that then cool and if not then at least I was honest um, but I would say that there is no rule for the morning period I would just caution you to make sure you take enough time to be by yourself to make sure you aren't going into dating or a relationship to avoid what you're feeling um, and as long as you can be certain of that um, then I would say go for it. It's fine. You all have an amicable breakup. Amicable breakup. You have um, sort of moved on. You may or may not be in ongoing contact with each other, and you can determine the best way to, uh, you know, spare your ex's feelings or at least be um, cognizant of them uh, and respectful. But um, I-, I would say, you know. There is no hard and fast rule for, you know, it used to be people would say what, that it was half the relationship is how much time you should spend getting over it. I think every person is unique and individual. It sounds like you're ready to at least test how over it you are. Um, So test it. And if you find out that the answer is you're not very much over it, then stop dating, go back to being single and just figure that out. And if you are over it, then just do what is safe and respectful for you. That's my advice. Hmm. I just always am so intrigued by the fact that people think that just because you broke up with somebody means that you now need to jump back into dating somebody else. Like whatever happened to like spending time with yourself and like just being like, Mm -hmm. why is that just not an option? Like, why do you have to be defined by and or up under somebody else? Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't understand that. So I guess my advice is that, like, why are you even fucking worried about dating anybody else right now? Like, why not reconnect with life? Right? Like, why not go out and have fun? Go check out bars. Go hang out with other people. Reconnect with some friends. Have some time with family. Like, dive into your job and really dig deep there. Like, give yourself some other goals and missions in life. Like, dating is not the end-all, be-all. And I know, I know, I know, this coming from the married man that found, you know, found the guy to spend the rest of his life with. Like, I get it. But, like, there's nothing wrong with just being, right? Like, you can just be. Like, just have fun. You just got out of a relationship. And I don't know whether or not you're healed or not. You're probably the only person um, that would be able to tell us that. Um, But, like, there's nothing wrong with just being. Like, why can't you just say, all right, so that happened. So, like, now I'm just going to, like, you know, work on me right now and just work on being with me and by me and, and, like having me as part of the scenario like why not just do that and then if love is supposed to happen it'll happen organically and it won't be because you decided that it's time for you to go out there searching for it Mm. like I just don't know I, I just don't know that I understand why all of the effort into making that happen I just don't get it it just doesn't make any sense to me so again my advice would be cool your jets um and your other parts and your jittles um (laughs) and just have fun like just literally just go out and just have a good time and and um just reconnect with you and your city and your life and your fun and occupy your time with things that um are fulfilling 
Um, and please don't be defined by being fulfilled because of another person. There you go. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. So, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this super important conversation. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And hey, keep on telling your friends. <laughs> you can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. And if you're in the New York City area, please don't forget to join our group on meetup.com for more relationship content and activities. Tony and I are going to harass your ears next week. And remember... Don't nobody look good being jealous and flipping their shit. 